Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Hermosa Beach, right on the sands near the waves. And if you were there, where I was when I was recording this, and you turned and you walked towards town, towards the Strand, the bike path there, right off the mid-20s, if you're going by the streets, you'd be standing on the internet. Yeah, really, it comes in under the water, under the sand, under the road, and then, you know, goes all over the place. Because how we stay connected, despite all the stuff we do from the cloud and on our phones, it's still really a physical thing. And I've got questions. Mike here, and I'm here thanks to the internet, because you've either downloaded this episode or you're playing it off a podcast app or the KNX website, and today we're going to talk about how the thing works. And disclaimer, we're not going to get super technical because, hi, radio host. And also, I think we kind of get the idea, computer, router into the wall to a company somewhere. So we're going to do big picture on infrastructure, because I think this part is the fascinating part how it stays running because we've come a long way so if you think about the early days of the internet the idea was that you could have a distributed set of machines that would kind of share computational power and that's really where it began jill duffy writer and editor at pcmag.com author of the everything guide to remotes work and if you think about what we do today it's more that there is an app I want to use or an account I want to log into, and I'm doing it from my machine, but not everything that I'm using is running on my machine. Again, a long way from the uh, early days. Some of you remember the dial-up modems, 56K connections, phone lines that went busy because you were on AOL or you were on Netscape Navigator, which was like the classy version of going online. And back then, it was a little bit easier to separate the net, which was the phone line stuff, the connections from the web, which was the view on your browser, on the screen. And that's where those two terms came from. I think most people don't really make a distinction anymore. If you talk to younger people today, I don't think they talk about the World Wide Web. Side note, do you think those people know what the little save icon is? Do they know what a floppy disk is? <laughs> I don't think they need to. I mean, <laughs> they just don't you know, save. The, <laughs> the idea that cloud computing allows you to save all your work instantly as you're working is brilliant. And when you do that, it's easy to have this sense that the internet is like the force in Star Wars. It's all around. It's kind of omnipresent. But here's what I'm getting at with this one. It's not floating in the air. In reality, it's, it's really very much an engineering feat to make it seem seamless. Invisible, but it's anything but. Paul Brodsky, telecoms analyst with Telegeography. His firm has been tracking the infrastructure of the Internet for almost as long as the Internet's been around. And what they've got is a map of the big connections, country to country. There are hundreds of thousands of miles of undersea cable through the oceans that make the Internet work. Your international Zoom call is not up to space and back. It stays down here. And that is enabled by... 
fiber optic technology that, believe it or not, it is literally shooting laser light down a strand of glass, no thicker than a human hair, that may be thousands of miles long that extend underneath the world's oceans. First off, incredibly cool. That's why we're doing the show. Second, you want to see it? SubmarineCableMap.com. They go across the Atlantic, the Pacific, multiple lines down the coast of South America and Africa, through the Mediterranean, into the Persian Gulf. Australia has a few lines to the U.S. There's one up around Newfoundland that goes past that to, I don't know what to call that area. Greenland has two, one to Canada, one to Iceland. Iceland has four, and they look like pipelines. But in your imagination, you're going to have to shrink that way down. Like I was describing before, the glass strand is infinitesimally thin, right? They are typically run in pairs. So from point A to point B and another one like from point B to point A. So imagine like a two lane road, right? Six pairs, eight pairs, 12 or 16 pairs of these glass strands. Now, they're not just laying there unprotected in the ocean. You really have to protect them. But the total width of the thing, you're talking about something about the size of a garden hose, if you can believe it. Thousands <laughs> That's of miles. It. That's it. Wow. Yeah. When they're a little closer to land, they'll put a little more extra armoring outside it just to protect it because there tends to be a lot more marine traffic out there. Ships can drag anchor. Sometimes fishing vessels can inadvertently dig these things up. So they, they bury those cables in close. But once they head out into like really deep ocean, they're just laid on the bottom. Has a shark ever gotten one? You know, that is one of the great urban legends of the submarine cables. Actually, natural phenomenon are a real problem. Like earthquakes out of sea, that does happen. Okay, but Jaws or like an angry octopus cannot break the internet. I would love, I love the image of Kraken. You know, <laughs> it's like wrapping his tentacles up on one of these it. things. Yes. Absolutely, and just gnawing. I'm putting it, but... you people into the dark ages. <laughs> Back out to the beach for a minute, where if you look really closely, right over there, way down deep, you can see it. You can see the cable. No, you can't. Can't see a thing. But what you can see are people on their phones beaming stuff back and forth to the cloud so they can post their Instagram stories. So let's talk about the clouds. Is this thing floating all around me? No, it's actually just a way of outsourcing. But let's bring Jill back, who says there's a reason why they gave it this kind of amorphous name. In a lot of ways, it makes it easier because it takes the idea that we need to break it down and understand what it is and how it works. And it just says, no, 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 we'll just call it the cloud. That's simple enough. If you're an everyday user, you don't need to know <laughs> exactly how it works, exactly how that packet of information is being delivered to you. But this is a show where we do need to know. Right. Where does it go? Where does your information go? And how does it get back to you? Simple answer. The cloud, also physical. You probably guessed this one. Big servers all over the world for the different companies. Usually those servers are leased. There are very few companies that actually own their own servers. So as an example, Amazon Web Services runs an enormous percentage of the internet, which means other companies are licensing servers from Amazon to host your data. Which explains why when one of these big guys goes down, it seems like a third of the internet goes with it. And that gets headlines. People say, why is this happening? Why can't I bank or tweet or buy on Amazon? perspective, there's 365 days in a year, and the internet's running like 99% of the time. Yeah, and now it's down for four hours, right? Other cloud bonuses frees up your storage. Your phone doesn't need the pictures. Apple has them. Duplicates, if their servers catch fire, they usually have backups. But what about security? The information is going to be encrypted. When you create a username and password to log into your banking application, 
the bank shouldn't be able to see that password. So it only becomes unencrypted once it reaches your device. And think for a second how many times a day you do that. You send something back and forth. I'm not just talking the banking apps and security. I'm talking every time you swipe on somebody on Tinder or like a post on Facebook or Instagram or take a picture. And that's just you. What about your family? What about your friends? What about all of us? We're going to need more of this stuff. More servers, more cable, forever. There's seemingly this insatiable appetite for more and more and more because we just keep generating more and more <laughs> traffic. You know, every TikTok video you put up, photo of your, you know, your nine-year-old playing Little League you put up, I mean, that's, that's data. All this stuff is sitting, you know, in these enormous data centers. And the, like the 30 selfies I take to get the one good one. They've got all Absolutely, of them. right? Well, you know what? You could... <laughs> <laughs> save these guys a little just a fraction of uh of, I, of I data them, storage by, them, by yeah. cleaning out your, your inbox everybody can do their parts last week it was recycling this week clean out your old data as we start to head home for the day past the runners and joggers the bikers the skaters and the whole time walking over the internet as it crosses into the streets and then spreads out everywhere there's another spot in redondo where the coordinates are redondo beach but I googled that and it was like an empty lot. And real quick, since I haven't told you yet, where this one goes, the other direction, out to sea, it is LA to Hawaii to Guam to Micronesia to the Philippines and Indonesia, owned by five telecom companies. Now, get on your phone, send me an email, send me some more topics. I've got questions at odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Also, you can tweet me at KNX Simpson so we can keep the show going. But, yes, we will be back next week. This comes from KNX News 97.1 FM in Los Angeles. Logging off. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.